Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on the biohacker babes, Renee and Lauren. CGMs were for diabetics for so, so long. It's like you don't become diabetic overnight. It's a process. And so many of us are, are really out of touch with what that means, what it feels like, what it looks like. And when we just follow popular diet trends that are not personalized to us, we can have this blood sugar roller coaster. I mean, so for so long, I believed I had to eat six meals a day and stabilize my blood sugar. Like if I didn't eat for two hours, I was gonna get hangry and jittery and my blood sugar was gonna drop. And once I started testing, I was like, that's not true. Like it's not true at all. Like we are designed to be fat burning machines. We are designed to go extended periods of time without food and I think that type of quantification testing your blood glucose is so powerful because you can see that just like you need exercise recovery you need recovery from eating we have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis fasting and carnivore and on the keto camp podcast we are determined to deliver the science to you we bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast, and we have quite the biohacking episode for you today with the biohacker babes, Lauren and Renee. They are the host of the Biohacker Babes Podcast, and we dive deep into their backstory. How did they get involved with biohacking? Then we get into their definitions of biohacking. Let's face it, biohacking is a buzzword term, but they're actually one of the two true leaders in the space of biohacking. We talk about several biohacks to stabilize your blood sugars so you could lose weight, how to increase your metabolic rate, burn more calories inside of the body, how to support fatty acid metabolism and why it's critical to do so. And we talk about the role the mitochondria within your cells play in this process, the best ways to increase lean muscle mass through their favorite exercise movements, some of the best ways to reduce belly fat, and we get into this topic of vagal tone and how poor vagal tone leads to brain fog, how to improve that. Neural inflammation could also cause brain fog, what to do about that. Actionable steps today that you could do to decrease your toxic load, and much, much more. This was such a fun episode. You're gonna love their energy, you're gonna love their personality, and also the information. So make sure you're present, you're taking notes, and you'll enjoy them when I bring them on shortly. Just want to remind you, if you haven't left the Keto Camp podcast, a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so today as it really helps the show grow, get into some more hands, and change more lives. On the topic real quick of toxicity, which we talk about downstream tips for toxins in this episode, I just want to remind you, tomorrow is the start date 
for my 90-day detox program. If you want to learn true cellular detox, we actually have one spot available. So maybe that one spot is you. You're listening on time and you're an action taker. You could actually join that call tomorrow. We'll get all the supplements and testing kits and everything for the program sent over to you as well. In this program, you're going to have four coaching calls with me, an online portal where you'll learn about true cellular detox from myself, Dr. Daniel Pompa, Dr. Mindy Peltz, and other detox specialists. Now, this is a small group, so we only have one spot left, and hopefully it's you. Head to ketocampdetox.com to learn more about it, and if you join, I'll see you on the coaching call tomorrow. That is ketocampdetox.com. I always say structure trumps intention. You could have all the best intentions in the world, but if you don't have the structure in place, it's going to be very difficult to get the amazing keto and fasting results that you want. If you are on the go traveling and you don't want to think about what can you eat to help you feel satisfied and to help you continue getting results on your keto journey, for me, my structure when I'm on the go, when I'm traveling, and when I want to have something nearby that's a healthy snack, my go-to is Paleo Valley's Beef Sticks. Paleo Valley beef sticks are the perfect gut-friendly, clean protein snack for on the go. And if you have children, this is one of the best things to give your kids. These beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and finished by farmers right here in the United States. They contain naturally occurring probiotics, which helps increase the diversity in your gut. It contains organic spices. It has high concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids. Elevated levels of conjugated linoleic acid, which we know is an antioxidant and also could enhance your body's ability to burn fat. It contains vitamins and minerals, elevated concentrations of glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant, and it's good for the environment. They have flavors that range from original to garlic summer sausage, regular summer sausage, jalapeno, teriyaki, and they also have turkey sticks available as well. They taste so good that I usually go through three or four, and I think I might set the record for eating almost 10 Paleo Valley beef sticks. Maybe somebody out there has eaten more than me in one sitting. You know, me and my fiance, Natasia, we're always fighting over these beef sticks in our house. We go into the pantry and I hear her unwrapping it and I'm like, hey, are you eating one of my beef sticks? <laughs> they are delicious. And since you are a avid listener of the Keto Camp Podcast, we worked out an exclusive deal for you to get 15% off your entire order of Paleo Valley products. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. That is KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. Okay, let's dive deep into biohacking with the Biohacker Babes. Coming on the show here is Renee and Lauren, who are health entrepreneurs. Renee is a certified nutritional consultant and a holistic lifestyle coach with a master's degree in nutrition. And Lauren, a Broadway performer, is a corrective exercise specialist and functional health coach. They have a strong passion and drive to not only share each other's journeys towards wellness, but their strategy and motivation to discovering our unique bodies through the world of biohacking. They have an amazing podcast called the Biohacker Babes Podcast. Go subscribe to it. And they aim to create insights into the body's natural healing abilities to strengthen your intuition and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Lauren and Renee, Biohacker Babes, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. 
Thank, Thank you so much for having us. It's my pleasure. I love the work that you're doing, and I'm uh, excited to dive into some more biohacking tips for the keto campers. Uh, so let's start here. Lauren, I would love to hear your story and how you got involved with the health space and why did both of you get into, why did you decide to get into the biohacking space? I think we were kind of brought in through the back door. Our dad was always biohacking when we grew up, and it wasn't called that at the time, but we always joked that he was doing like really strange things in the living room. And I was like, what's that up to now? But um, he just was always trying. He was always experimenting and uh, just really open to ways that he could affect his biology and his health and longevity. And I think that kind of seeped into our subconscious. I don't think we would officially say that we started biohacking until much later, but I think just that mindset was ingrained from a very, very early age. And I, when I moved out of my parents' house, I went to college for dance. I graduated with a degree in dance and wanted to become a performer. I did that and actually got a job at a gym mostly because I wanted a free gym membership. <laughs> and it kind of reeled me in. I became a trainer and it just kind of clicked. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be supporting my body, strength training, doing recovery because dancers are not taught that education. You know, it's like overtraining, not sleeping enough. No one talks about nutrition, how to support your body. So I just found like right away, it really complemented my performing and dancing. And then I also found out that I really liked educating other people about those practices. So it kind of just came naturally. And then I think, you know, Renee had her journey. We came back together and we realized, oh, now we're doing that thing that like our dad was doing when we were kids. Like we're experimenting, we're paying attention. And that's sort of what biohacking is to us is just paying attention and listening to our body signals and, and figuring out what works best for us because there's no one size fits all. And we see that left and right, like what's with, what's happening in the media right now in the world. It's just, it's pervasive in health, fitness, emotional work, energetic work. Like you have to figure out what works for you. And I think that journey continues. I'm still trying to figure that out. But after a lot of trial and error and figuring out, you know, what affects injuries, what affects my recovery, how can I have energy to perform on stage? Like that schedule is just really rough. Most performers, they sleep until 11 a.m., and then wow. we go to work at 8 p.m. We're pumping adrenaline until 11 p.m. And a lot of people eat dinner at midnight, stay up till 2. Like, it's such a wacky schedule. So the biohacking for me is really great because I'm like, how can I stay on this schedule but really make it work for me and not have it, you know, kick me in the butt 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What were some of the things that you saw your dad doing when you were a kid? <laughs> The first thing that comes to mind is like the, the ear candle uh -huh. like with the plate. Like my mom would light it on fire. We're like, oh, what the heck is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, um, I always remember the vibration plate. Wow. I thought it was just like a toy. Like, right? We would just like jump on there and like oh, yeah. shake and laugh. We like didn't realize what we were doing. And then also <laughs> um, an infrared sauna. Wow. We just kind of thought it was like a regular sauna like you see at the gym. We didn't know he had like full spectrum infrared back in the day. Your dad was ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, just to kind of share how our dad got into it as well. I mean, when he like back in like the 70s when he was in dental school, he says he was eating donuts, drinking Coke. Like he wasn't always health conscious. But in 1985, his best friend from childhood was diagnosed with stage four melanoma. And he was given three to six months to live. They said, go home, 
get your papers in order. We're sorry, there's not really any treatment we can do. But this tough Italian guy was like, screw you, I'm gonna figure out how to cure my cancer. So he flies out to California from uh, New Jersey at the time and goes to this alternative clinic and they say, open your mouth, all of that metal has to come out before we can treat your cancer. Goes home, tells our dad, who's a, who was a regular traditional dentist at the wow. time. And my dad's like, what does the metal have to do with your cancer? But our dad being open-minded, I think that really like led him down that path. And he started researching mercury fillings and studying with Dr. Hal Huggins. And that got him down the biohacking path and became so much more health conscious at that point. And with us, you know, Lauren was born in 1984. I was 86. So right on the cusp of that, we kind of were lucky enough to grow up with it. Yeah. His friend yeah. is still alive today. I'm sorry. <laughs> His friend is still alive today. That's amazing. That, that's such a, a testament to the amazing human body. I love. I didn't know that story about your dad, that he was a regular dentist and he found out how toxic these amalgam fillings are, which I was personally mercury poisoned. I had eight of them in my mouth for 20 plus years, which should be a crime to put that in a kid's mouth. So uh, that is super interesting. So Renee, what about your backstory? I know that Lauren went to school for dance and she discovered how much she loved fitness. What about you? What was your story? Yeah, so I, I went the other direction from Maryland. I went down to Florida, uh, where you are. Well, I was in Tampa. I went to University of Tampa to study business, actually. I thought for sure that's what I wanted to do. Studied international business, graduated, got my dream job, and I hated it. <laughs> so then I kind of went down another path. I'm like, well, what do I want to do? And our dad, again, big part of our journey, he was like, well, what are you reading in your spare time? So oh, I always read nutrition books. He's like, that's what you got to do. So I went back, got my master's in nutrition. In the meantime, though, studying, going to school full time, working full time, I completely crashed and burned um, what we thought was like adrenal fatigue at the time. Now we know it's more HPA axis dysfunction, but I had chronic fatigue and brain fog that was so severe in my early 20s. And I went to multiple traditional doctors. They ran labs. They said, perfectly healthy. Just keep sleeping. Meanwhile, I'm sleeping 13, 14 hours a night. And they're like, you're fine. You're gone. Just keep sleeping. But I didn't want to give up there. So I kept you know, researching. I started networking with other practitioners, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, naturopaths homeopaths, anyone I could find to talk to, and started running my own labs. And really, I think that's what made me become a biohacker, because I was like, I'm not going to settle for feeling like crap the rest of my life. And I just kept looking until I found the answers. And at the end of the day, it wasn't just one thing. You know, one thing was mercury toxicity. I actually did have that. I had the adrenal issues. Uh, Epstein-Barr virus was a big part of my journey. So it was really putting all the puzzle pieces together to achieve better health. And now I'm 34 and I feel better now than I did when I was 24. And a big part of our mission is to help other people like that. You know, I think people settle for what's normal. Oh, it's normal to be tired all the time and to not get enough sleep. Like, no, no, we can feel amazing. And Ben, that's why we love your work because you are such a testament to that as well. Like, you know, empowering other people that you can really take responsibility for your own health and you can feel amazing every day. There's no reason you can't. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Uh, and thank you for that. So at what point did both of you decide to create Biohacker Babes? Did it happen at the same time? Or did it happen maybe Lauren was ready and Renee wasn't or vice versa? How did that happen? I'm not 
not sure. I think we always knew we wanted to do something together. We've lived apart for 19 years and generally pretty far away. And we always wanted to collaborate. And so at, at one point it was like, well, it's going to have to be virtual. It's going to have to be online. So the format just sort of came up and the, the podcast made sense. Um, it was like, how can we share this education and, you know, also learn from each other? Because I think that's a big part of this journey. I'm constantly learning from her. I think she's learning from me. And it's just so nice to have a partner that we can like bounce ideas off of um, and just have like a safe space to grow. And a huge part of our biohacking journey is to realize that even as sisters, like we we look alike. Some people hear our voices. They can't tell us apart. But like we are biochemically really different. And that has been really interesting to just kind of dig into those nuances and understand how different we can be and how our needs are so different. So I'm not sure if you have a, a different memory of, I know we had a different name for the biohacker babes at first. But <laughs> we did. Yeah, I think it just kind of naturally happened. I think as we both continued studying and working with clients one-on-one, I think it was just kind of up in the air for a year or two. And then finally we're like, let's just do this podcast thing. Let's do it. And yeah, like you said, we had a different name at first, but once we discovered the biohacker babes, we're like, that's it. Yeah, that's a killer name. I love that name. What was the name before that? Biohacker Chicks. Biohacker Chicks. Not the one. (laughs) (laughs) We asked around and Chicks was not the best word, apparently. And Biohacker Babes is 2B, so it kind of flows, you know, flows nicely off the tongue. Like Keto Camp. Double letter. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So, Lauren, you kind of said your definition of biohacking was listening to your body, following that intuition. And I want to know a little bit more. What is your definition, Lauren, of biohacking? And then I want to ask you the same question, Renee. You know, it kind of changes all the time. And sometimes it's because of what other reactions out there, like things that I'm hearing about. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. I mean, we wanted to get into the space because it's very male dominated. And I think, I think Renee and I both believe that biohacking is actually maybe more for women and men because we're so complex, like our (laughs) cycles change, our hormones change. So there's a, a real need for it. And I think biohacking, the criticism is, the word hack is like a little bit of a, aggressive. My mentor, Paul Check, is like not a fan of that word. <laughs> right. But to me, the hacking is sort of just disrupting a pattern. I think we get really rigid in our belief systems. We get just really dogmatic about what we should be doing or think we should be doing that we don't allow for listening, for breathing. Like we're very dynamic beings. We change all the time. So even if you find what works for you today, that may not work for you 10 years from now. So it's a constant process of listening to your body. So that hacking piece, I think it's just like the disruption where you can be really open. You can use discernment to take in all these different variables, but the end goal is to optimize your biology, like to be your best, most energetic, vibrant self. And I think a lot of us don't live to that potential because of what Renee said. We're just living this normal life where we have uh, complaints and symptoms that are less than, but the potential is just so much higher. And with biohacking, we're disrupting that. So we allow for that potential to grow. Well said, well said. Yeah, and you're so right, both of you. It's having these symptoms, they're common for sure, but they're not normal. We're not designed to have these symptoms and fatigue, even weight gain is a symptom. Cancer is a symptom. Diabetes is a symptom. They're common, but not normal. So well said, both of you. What about you, Renee? What would you say is your definition of biohacking? Yeah. I mean, on top of everything Lauren said, you know, 
really just to keep it simple, anything that helps you control your biology. And that can be internal, right? What you're eating, what supplements you're taking, can be external, looking at indoor air pollution, EMFs, other radiation toxins. So really internal and external. And I think a really good term that I like to talk about is health span here, right? Health span versus lifespan. So I think biohacking can kind of come from two directions. So one is someone that's really sick, like where I was. So like the walking wounded, you know, you're dealing with an illness, you want to biohack your way out of that. But then also biohacking your health span. So we don't want to just live longer, right? We want to be healthy and thriving every day that we're here. And I think that's a big part of biohacking is really optimizing the aging process. You know, I, I always joke, I want to be skiing when I'm 90 years old. You know, I don't want to be sitting in a wheelchair and push around. Like, that's not living to me, right? So that health span, and it's also um, like your chronological age versus your biological age, right? So chronological is your calendar birth date. But biologically, can we be younger than our chronological age? And that's a big part of biohacking. And also to get a baseline. So using data to see where you are. So you're not just like haphazardly trying this diet and this supplement and this technology, whatever. Get a baseline, whether it's something free, like using a journal, just pen and paper, writing down your symptoms, what you're doing, what you're changing, what's happening, or maybe technology like the BioStrap, the Aura Ring, the Muse headband, things where you're actually getting quantifiable data but tracking to see what is making an impact. Because like Lauren said, what works today might not work in a month from now. How are you going to know that if you're not tracking? So tracking is a really big piece as well. Yeah, well said, both of you. I love the answer there. And you're right, you know, the word hack does have a negative connotation, but the way that we're doing it and using it, nothing negative about it. It's just getting the tools that are available to us and applying it and then customizing it to our unique needs. So that's both of your points there. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job so you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day, so does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you wanna get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com, check them out, Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. 
So let's get into some some biohacks, if we will. On your Instagram page, it's a terrific Instagram page. We'll put a link for it in the podcast notes. You have a, a post that you recently did on five biohacks for weight loss. A lot of people want to lose extra weight. They come to keto primarily for that. And you talked about five main things to focus on. So maybe we could touch upon each bullet point and give some uh, actionable steps for each. The first one, which is pretty much aligned with what I teach, is stabilizing blood sugar levels. So let's start with Lauren. Why is that important for losing weight? Oh, my gosh. Well, we have stressors coming at us left and right, not just from food, but emotional stuff, environmental stuff. And Renee and I have both really gotten into the blood glucose testing because I think it's a huge variable that's overlooked. I mean, CGMs were for diabetics for so, so long. It's like you don't become diabetic overnight. It's a process. And so many of us are, are really out of touch with what that means, what it feels like, what it looks like. And when we just follow popular diet trends that are not personalized to us, we can have this blood sugar roller coaster. I mean, so for so long, I believed I had to eat six meals a day and stabilize my blood sugar. Like if I didn't eat for two hours, I was going to get hangry and jittery and my blood sugar was going to drop. And once I started testing, I was like, that's not true. Like it's not true at all. Like we are designed to be fat burning machines. We are designed to go extended periods of time without food. And I think that type of quantification, testing your blood glucose is so powerful because you can see that just like you need exercise recovery, you need recovery from eating. And I think that's just like a big mind blowing discovery for a lot of people that blood sugar is implicated with inflammation or it's a, it's a sign that there's inflammation in the body. And we know that nothing is going to be in balance in homeostasis if there's inflammation. Like that is just an underlying red flag and inflammation affects blood glucose. And then, you know, if you have these roller coaster, I guess I'll call them spells, we have too yeah. much glucose, we know that we end up storing more fat than we end up burning. And I think, with, especially in the keto camp, like we want to be fat burning. We want to be able to access those stores and have that flexibility when we choose. Like that's how we were designed to live. So blood glucose always ends up on the top of our list for like anything. <laughs> Um, when we're looking at personalized nutrition. As it should. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, CGM could be such a game changer, just getting a device for a month just to see what's going on. It doesn't have to be a CGM. It could just be a finger prick machine, but a CGM, of course, is more beneficial because it gives you that 24-7 feedback. The next thing, and I want uh, Renee to touch upon this, is increasing thermogenesis in the body. What does that mean and how do you do it, Renee? So again, it goes back to being a fat burning machine, right? So, you know, we all live in this like temperature controlled world, right? Our home is this nice temperature and our car is this nice temperature. Like we never experience these extremes, which help us to tap into the fat to actually burn that to right, keep us warm. So that's why cold exposure can be so great. You know, just shivering, doing cryo, doing a cold plunge, something like that, that can increase your thermogenesis, so your ability to burn fat to keep you warm. In this particular podcast, we were talking about green tea extract. I mean, that's just one of the supplements that can do that. But we're also big fans of doing cold and hot therapies. Um, we joke that Lauren loves the cold therapies. I love the hot therapies a little bit more. That's why she's <laughs> in New York. Yeah, we live in the appropriate climates. <laughs> yes, yes, that's why I moved to Vegas. <laughs> I just go outside and I'm a happy girl. But we do want these temperature extremes. 
you know, if we look at our ancestors, I always love looking at ancestral health, you know, we didn't have air conditioning and heat, you know, we had to learn how to survive in 30 degree weather or whatever, and your body would keep you warm. Um, so I think using that to our benefit, we can become fat burning machines as well. Yeah, well said. We're, we are uh, living too comfortably these days in more ways than one. That's a perfect example, Renee. Yeah, more so, ways than one. More ways than one. So changing up our, our our outside environment, meaning going into a cold shower or a cold plunge or doing some hot sauna, infrared sauna like your dad was doing when you were younger. These are things we can do. Now, the next thing is supporting fatty acid metabolism. So I'll let Lauren take that one. Well, I just have to give a disclaimer. We actually created this post and we did the podcast because we wanted to introduce some supplements and sort of like hand out a little bit of candy because people are always looking for that magic pill. And then, you know, we want to draw people in and be like, there is no magic pill. So we actually worked our way backwards. We picked like some key supplements that have a lot of research behind them. And then we were like, well, what are the mechanisms of action? Like, what are these actually doing to the body that will then hopefully support weight loss. We know you can't have weight loss if you don't have uh, your stress levels checked, if you don't have a homeostatic load that is you know, at baseline. But once you can achieve that baseline, we can act upon these mechanisms and hopefully produce the outcome that you're looking for. So that was sort of like our, our backwards approach. With fatty acid metabolism, I mean, a lot of people have mitochondrial dysfunction, right? We're hearing more about that these days. Our mitochondria are under attack, just like our cells are under attack from inflammation. It's pretty much all implicated. So I see a lot of weight loss resistance with clients. And I have a client right now that is like, I'm eating so clean. I've never eaten cleaner in my entire life. And I'm eating cleaner than her and better than her. Like, why can't I lose weight? It's like, well, there's a lot of underlying factors. And with mitochondrial dysfunction, you're not able to burn fat the way that we're designed to. And one nutrient in particular, carnitine, which does not very easily cross the blood-brain barrier. There are many reasons why we can be deficient in this, but there's something called the carnitine shuttle. And if that's not properly happening in the body, then you're not going to burn fat the way that you should. So that's just sort of like one example, but carnitine can be really helpful in adjusting that mitochondrial dysfunction, making sure you're getting that amino acid, which is really, really important to find that balance in the body, making sure you're having the amino acids, which are building blocks. There's a lot that goes into it, but we're basically just looking at dysfunction on a cellular level. And that's why we do lab testing to see what's actually going on. What are some of your favorite lab testing? I love the organic acids test. At least that one in particular does look at the fatty acid metabolism. Renee and I love the Dutch test for hormones. Most women come to us, they're stressed, they have kids, they're going, going, going. So hormones get punched in the face a little bit. Cortisol usually is showing up in some imbalanced way on that test. I think it can be super revealing. Those are probably my top two, but we love doing stool testing and then just looking at like a basic blood chem from your doctor can be really, really powerful. Renee, anything you would add to that in, in regards to the testing? Yeah, the only other one I like to run is the NutraVal, which has a little bit of a combination. Some of the things overlap with the organic acid testing, but also looking at your micronutrients, your omega panel. Um, I do really like looking at omegas. And Ben, I know you talk about that a lot in the fish oil topic. I think it's so fascinating what I learned from you. Um, but looking at your omega-3, 6, 9 ratio and what's going on there, I think can be really helpful. Awesome. Yeah, those are all helpful tests. And I love the Dutch test as well. It's such a great comprehensive test. 
I think every every man and women should do that test, but mm-hmm. mostly women for sure. Uh, okay, next one for you, Renee. Increasing lean body mass, which both of you do a really great job with your fitness workouts and, and videos. So how do you do that, Renee? What are the best ways to increase mus- lean muscle mass? Yeah, I mean, number one is just lift heavy things. <laughs> you know, I think, and that's that's why I was going to CrossFit for a while because it was the first time in my life I was actually lifting heavy weights. You know, we both have a ballet background, and I remember so clearly my ballet instructor saying, "You can't lift more than two pound dumbbells." Wow, two pounds, because he said you'll get too bulky and you won't have that ballerina aesthetic. And that was ingrained in me until I got through college. And then I was like, oh, wait, lifting weights. I feel really good. I feel strong. Got into CrossFit where me at, you know, 100 pounds, I'm deadlifting over 100 pounds. I'm like, this is crazy. But I think, especially women, don't be afraid to lift heavy things. We need muscle. I mean, of course, we need muscle to keep our weight off, but we need muscle for so many other things. I mean, brain function, longevity, mood it just helps with everything. But so lift heavy, don't be afraid of that. Um, and then particularly here, I think we were talking about creatine. So I do like using creatine. If it is a good source of creatine, the one we use is Keon, which has been Greenfield's product. I trust yeah. his, his products. Um, but also amino acids can be really helpful. So like Lauren said, the building blocks of the body. So number one, getting enough protein, but if you're not supplementing maybe with something like essential amino acids, not branch chain amino acids, but essential amino acids, just to get more of those um, can really help. But as far as weight too, you know, the more muscle mass, the easier it is to burn that fat when we're just sitting around. So what are your favorite, Renee, what are your favorite, if you had to choose five of your favorite movements for exercise, what would be those top five? Oh, <laughs> this is weird. I love burpees. So burpees, got it. Yeah. Burpees. <laughs> like you, you hit every muscle, you get a little cardio boost. Agreed. I love burpees. Planks, something so easy. Planks. Again, working all the muscles in your body. I don't know if this counts as one, but like the TRX. Jump. Yeah, we could we could count that as one. So so TRX movements, okay, got it. You can do everything with that. Deadlifts. Deadlifts. So I didn't share this part of my journey, but so I did grow up as a ballet dancer. But what stopped my journey there was I ended up with a really severe back injury. I ended up with two stress fractures in my SI joint, three herniated discs. I ended up in a back brace for six months. I was never able to really get back into dance, and that's why I didn't do it professionally. But deadlifts is one of those things that I think if someone had taught me how to do that, I would have prevented that back injury. Mm-hmm. My glutes were so weak and my quads were so strong. I was so imbalanced. So a little bit more about my story. So deadlifts, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, that's great. One more. One more pull-ups. Yeah. Just something that feels so good about doing that. It's hard. It's very hard. I can only do like a couple assisted, but it, it feels really good. Yeah, that's a great list. And yeah, you could they could start with the TRX bands and do some some ring rows, right? And then work their way up to some pull-ups. But yeah, pull-ups are one of the best ways to build biceps. A lot of people are doing these isolated movements, like the curls and the leg extensions and that doesn't really give you the biggest bang for your buck. It's these compound movements that recruit multiple uh, joints at the same time. So, I love that list. Anything you would add to that, Lauren? I love kettlebell work just because I like the multi-planar approach. And I mean, you're just activating and stabilizing and so many planes of motion, so many fascial lines. So I, I just feel like that's a really good bang for your buck type of workout. I think my biggest thing is just changing it up, like always trying to get 
some kind of new stimulus or new stressor on the body. Mm. I mean, I love dancing, but I need to balance that out with a lot of mobility work and strength training to make sure that I have the flexibility, but also the strength. <laughs> Renee and I bought VR goggles recently, the Oculus, and they're <laughs> incredible workout called supernatural it's uh it's rhythm based so there's music and so you're kind of like hitting and swiping depending on um the beats of the song it's insanely difficult for the cardiovascular system and you're getting like this amazing wow arm workout is like my new obsession but it's a lot of blue light being uh shown into your eyes so i can only do it in the mornings but i just really like to always do something different you know the body's always adjusting. It's always listening and adapting so quickly. So I just think just like a diet, it's really important to change it up. Yeah, well said. Exactly. Just like a diet, just like anything we really do, we want to follow that hormetic zone, right? If you do the same thing over and over and over, that hormetic curve drops down. You don't get benefits. You could hurt yourself. Same thing with exercise. So your dog better watch out when you're doing the VR workout. <laughs> you might smack him. I have a few times. I think he learned very quickly because you can't see anything. Right. He learned. Yeah, same thing with my cats. I've stepped on it a couple times. But I can say VR for someone that like isn't really into working out. I think the VR is such a great place to start because you can do it at home. They, you know, some people don't like going out to the gym. You can do it in your privacy of your own home. <laughs> and yeah. just, there's different levels. And like Lauren said, you get the cardio, you get the arm workout, the leg workout. It's just a great place to start for someone that's new to it. Yeah, interesting. I've never done it myself. So uh, I see the value in it for sure. You do it at home. You don't have to go to the gym. It's easy to do. But then the drawback is the EMFs and the blue, the blue light. So you do you want to limit it for sure. Yeah, uh, it's not an all-day thing. Correct, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, what do you like to do? Yeah. Well, I, I have a CrossFit background, Renee, as well. I used to actually own a CrossFit gym here in Miami that I sold a few years ago. But... I like a lot of the lifts that Renee mentioned and also Lauren, I love the kettlebells as well. So I love mixing it up. I love sprinting personally. I'm a big fan of like doing, you know, sprinting all out and then recovering and then getting that mitochondrial fitness going. So I usually finish a workout like that. So personally I do three or four times out of the week, I'll do strength training and then I'll do some sort of cardio recovery, stretching every single day, foam rolling, lacrosse ball. So that's my go-to. Yeah. I just got two new lacrosse balls this morning. I'm so excited. I'm just nice. going to like leave one in every room of my Your dog is going to, my dog grabs my lacrosse balls and he's walking around. Yeah. The cats won't do that. You're, you're good, Renee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my cats is the size of a lacrosse ball right now. So she's definitely a kid. Is it a kitten? A kitten. Oh, wow. Wow. My fiance would fall in love right now. Oh, she would. She's adorable. Wow. If you're anything like me, you probably spend some money each month on your supplements. But what if you're still tired and you just don't feel 100% well? Well, there could be a deficiency. What if there was a way to know if you were actually absorbing your supplementation or not absorbing and maybe you're taking too much of something? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit and consultation and once you uncover these hidden deficiencies, you could get rid of these symptoms you might be experiencing that might be affecting your thyroid, adrenals, or much more. Upgraded Formulas is a very cool company. I interviewed Barton Scott, who is the founder and chemical engineer who helps craft all their supplements, and they have this really cool upgraded mineral deficiency analysis. So say goodbye 
to blood and urine tests, which typically indicate short-term results, hair is the best identifier. And you could get that hair from your head, armpit area, or even pubic area, and you'll receive a consultation with a member of Upgraded Formulas to help discuss your results. And it's very simple. Collect your hair sample, send it in, and get your results fast. We've worked out an exclusive deal, KetoCamp podcast listeners, to receive 10% off your order. Head to UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10 at checkout to get your hair mineral kit and any other supplements that you could find on their website. That is UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10. The next thing on the list was reducing belly fat. So what are some, some of the best ways to reduce, tar- like can you target belly fat? How do you reduce it? Well, again, you kind of have to have all the other pieces in place. This Correct. is sort of like a, a candy shop moment. We were talking about CLA and in, in, uh, specifically to mobilize fatty acids and to mobilize your fatty stores in the body. But, you know, we're really trying to get the point across that you have to have your homeostatic load in balance. You have to remove inflammation. Like you were talking about on your live today about cutting out the industrial seed oils that creates inflammation. You said in the body for up to a year, it's like you really have to pull back on all of these stressors or these chronic stressors, not the hormetic stressors, but anything that's adding up to inflammation in the body. And then we can start to mobilize. Like once we have reduced the stress, then we can get in there and like, move things around and make some changes. So CLA in particular, but there's lots of other things that do that. Um, enzymes to help uh, reduce oxidation in the body are helpful. Yeah, well said. You're, you're so right. We have to get the fundamentals down and then we could start adding these biohacks and then they work that much more efficiently. But if you're skipping the fundamentals, then none of this is really going to work. So to your point, I agree 100%. Now, the next topic is something that I see very, very common, which is brain fog. You know, somebody forgetting where they left their keys or they're thinking about somebody and they forgot about that person. They're trying to remember that person. So um, let's start with Renee. You did make a post about brain fog as well. And you talked about poor vagal tone. So how does poor, what is the vagal tone and how does poor vagal tone contribute to brain fog, Renee? Yeah, I'm going to let Lauren jump in too for this because she, I think, is more of an expert on this topic. But really, so looking at the autonomic nervous system, and I think this is really why I had such bad brain fog in my 20s, is because I was in this sympathetic overdrive all day, every day. So really looking at the balance between the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, right? So our fight or flight versus our rest and digest. And so I think a lot of people don't realize they're in this sympathetic state all day, right? you're driving through traffic and then you get to work late and then your boss is yelling at you and then you're running over for a business meeting. Like it's just constant. And our bodies aren't meant to be in that state all the time. When our body is in that state, like I said, we're in that fight or flight. So all the blood goes to, you know, our arms, our legs, so we can run or fight, (laughs) but it goes away from really circulating in the rest of the body. So we experience this brain fog. You know, a couple of things you can do to support vagal tone, singing, humming, gargling. Those are just a few of the kind of more uh, natural things you can do. Um, I'm also really big on looking at heart rate variability to support this. So doing something that's going to increase parasympathetic tone. So obviously meditation is great. Mindfulness, breath work. Lauren is great with breath work. She knows so much about this topic. But I think breath work can be a huge part to support vagal tone as well. Yeah, well said, Renee. That's so important. And then Lauren, what would you add to that? 
Uh, Renee just reminded me that, that the breathwork stuff, anything that's going to affect the parasympathetic nervous system is going to be a little more feminine in energy, like a little more yin than yang. And I think a lot of us that are chronically stressed, that are running and not getting that recovery, not getting any self-time, any time for introspection, we tend to be a little more male dominant in our energy, a little more yang. And so anything that can back off that gas, that fight or flight and really nourish the parasympathetic. So the vagal nerve is essentially the highway between the brain and the gut. And if you have not figured out at this point that they are linked, like you got to Google it. <laughs> there, you cannot separate the two. So this highway is really sensitive, like what's happening in the gut is going to affect the brain and, and vice versa. And it's easy to prove. It's like that brain-gut connection when you feel butterflies in your stomach. Like that is a real response. So anything we can do, like Renee said, to nourish that recovery. And I think that's just not taught often enough. I think it's starting to change in the popular opinion. More people are talking about recovery tools, about mobility training. But for so long, it was like, go, 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 because the more you go, the more successful you'll be. I think the more you recover, the more successful you'll be. Mm. And we're trying to change the narrative on that. Yeah. yeah. I will say about recovery, I just noticed this yesterday. So I, I go to Orange Theory Fitness now. That's my, my workout of choice. And a year ago, I noticed that the same people would be there six, seven days a week. Some people would be doing two classes <laughs> a day. It was how many classes can you get in? And I like, I just never agreed with that. But yesterday after class, the coach said, make sure you're recovering. When you're not here, look up online, do a mobility workout, do something for recovery because you're working out hard. You need to be recovering hard. And I was like, wow, that is great that that is happening now. Cause I feel like no one was talking about that for so long, but yeah, recovery is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I teach on an online fitness platform. So I pre-record workouts and people can go on the tablet and hit play. And anytime I do like a recovery ride or a mobility workout, the first thing I say is like, thank you. Thank you so much for like showing up because you're choosing that. And like, you're already winning because you're choosing recovery. And I think not enough people do it. I'm just like, you're here. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. When I had my CrossFit gym, same thing, Renee and Lauren, I used to see people overtrain. They would tell me they would come in for like a 5 a.m. class, sacrifice sleep. And I'd say, you shouldn't do a walk today. You shouldn't even do the workout. You should just go ahead and grab that PVC pipe, do some stretching, grab that, that uh, foam roller, do some, some smashing, but don't do the workout today because that recovery is so important. And it's as easy as doing some breath work practicing nasal breathing. I mouth tape before bed. It forces me to breathe through my nose. So these are things that we could do on a daily basis because I personally am that A type of person who's like, go, 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 go. I need to catch myself and sprinkle in these moments throughout my day where I reset and relax. So for me, the first hour and a half of my day, no stimulation. There's no caffeine. There's I'm just doing my gratitude journaling, my goals, my affirmations. I'm on my morning routine. I'm walking my dog with the sunrise and I'm doing affirmations. And then I start the day. But then in the day, I'll sprinkle in some recovery. Like right before I hopped on here, I was on my rooftop. I did a light workout. I did some foam rolling, got some sun, detached from my phone, and then went back into it. So I kind of reset myself. So I love that you're preaching that message because it's so important. The next thing on your list for the brain fog is uh, neuroinflammation, inflammation of the brain. So Renee, you want to touch upon that? Yeah, I mean, gosh, doesn't everything just go back to inflammation, it seems. So yeah, I mean, 
when people think of inflammation, I think they think of like, you know, an injury, I have like tennis elbow or I strain something, but this chronic inflammation that's happening throughout the entire body is aging us. It's making us feel sick, tired, fat, but specifically neuroinflammation. So our brain can be inflamed as well. And if your brain is inflamed, your gut's inflamed. Like Lauren said, the connection is there. So inflamed gut equals an inflamed brain and vice versa. So literally when your brain is inflamed, you're going to have brain fog. You cannot think clearly. Just like when your gut's inflamed, you might feel a little more bloated or have indigestion or whatever digestive symptoms. But I think we need to tune into that, that the brain fog could be from that inflammation. So really targeting inflammation from a whole body perspective. Number one thing is avoiding all those toxic vegetable oils and seed oils that Ben, you talk about so much. That is literally the number one thing I tell people to do to control inflammation in the body. If you're only going to do one thing, do that first. I said that earlier, right, Lauren? Yes. <laughs> Before you hopped on here. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, obviously getting rid of, you know, sugar and alcohol, all of that's great. But I'm like, but number one is the oils. That is the bigger, bigger thing for inflammation. Go ahead. I was talking to a client about that recently when I first started working with her and I was like, this is the number one thing you have to do it. Later that afternoon, she sent me a picture. She was like, look what my husband bought me. It was avocado oil. I was like, yes, you go. I love it. That's a huge victory right there. Such a small little change, but a huge, huge victory. Well, and also was a sign that she had a support system, which I think is also a big missing piece. If you don't have a support system, this journey is going to be really hard for you. So in that one picture, I was like, great, you have support. And now you don't have canola oil on your counter. (laughs) That's beautiful. I love that. Phosphatidylcholine deficiency. Lauren, what is that? How do you uh, make that efficient? Um, I mean, this is implicated with a lot of hormonal imbalances. I see this on with the Dutch tests a lot. We, there are some genetic factors here. I actually have some predispositions to not be able to metabolize that correctly. So making sure that you're getting the right nutrients in the right form. I mean, so many of our supplements are not only toxic, but they're just really hard to digest. They have to go through a lot of pathways and <laughs> yes, to make it all the way through the digestive tract to actually be absorbed. So um, just making sure that you're able to get those nutrients in. I see so many people wasting so much money and then they're just like peeing stuff out or adding more of a toxic burden. So uh, that one just comes back to the lab test. I see that a lot with women that have, you know, menstrual complaints and you can see that pretty clearly. So are you, are you in order to get the phosphatidylcholine in, are you like recommending like PC pushes or eating more uh, eggs? I mean, what are some things that they can do? I think eggs is a great place to start. I would say starting with real foods, I would always prefer a client to start with real foods and then let's see what happens from there. I wouldn't jump to a supplement immediately. I think if you can get it from foods, you probably can't completely correct a deficiency with foods, but I think that's the baseline has to be there. If you're not getting it from food, then you know, you're going to end up with a, a cabinet just full of bottles and it's like, yeah, that's not going to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well said. Anything you wanted to add there, Renee? Yeah, I think just the genetic component, I think, is important. You know, we talk about genetic testing a lot, and I don't want people to think that's like the end-all, be-all, but I think it can guide us. And phosphatidylcholine is one example. So like Lauren said, both of us, we, we need more choline than the average person based on our genetics. So that's where supplementing, I don't supplement every day, but every once in a while I'll throw that in, something like the Quicksilver Scientific liposomal uh, PC. I really like that one. 
but just overall looking at your genetics just to get a baseline of where you're at um, and see maybe you need to focus here a little bit more than elsewhere. Yeah, going back to the, the biohacking definition, like finding out what you need and focusing on that. So I love that. So, so, so such good information. Last thing here before we wrap up the conversation is metals, toxins, and mold. We kind of talked a little bit about metals, the silver amalgam fillings. I think personally from my research that when we talk about inflammation, the, yes, vegetable oils for sure cause inflammation. High sugar spikes, insulin spikes cause inflammation. But I think toxicity is the number one cause of cellular membrane inflammation specifically. So maybe we could talk real quick, maybe like a, a couple minutes each. What are the top things to look for? And then what are some quick actionable steps when it comes to the toxicity component? So Renee, I'll let you start there. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, we're being exposed to toxins just right and left nowadays. I think, number one, look at what externally you can take responsibility for. So number one, your personal care products. You know, especially for women, we're slathering on all these chemicals every day. Easy fix. Look for more natural, more organic products. Easy switch. Cleaning products, same thing. You know, you're wiping down your whole house. You're getting exposed to these toxins. So those are the two categories I would immediately change. Even if you're doing one product at a time, okay, I ran out of shampoo, I'm going to swap it out with a better one and et cetera and go through everything. Easy. Great, great tip. Very practical. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you, you could use um, EWG, the Environmental Working Group, their website, the Skin Deep Database. If you're not sure if your products are toxic, just take an afternoon, pull everything out of your cabinets and go through that database and it'll give you a ranking to see how toxic it is. So, you know, that can maybe help to identify which products need to go first. <laughs> so um, those are two, two really big categories. Um, heavy metals, I am a fan of heavy metal testing, but the only test I really like to do is Quicksilver Scientifics. Um, I think there's a lot of faulty tests out there, you know, between hair, urine, blood. You know, blood is just kind of telling you what's in your blood at the moment. It's not as informative. Um, and hair is really just what you're getting rid of. So the Quicksilver Scientific looks at hair, blood, and urine, and then it compares the ratios and tells you your toxic burden of heavy metals, how well you're excreting it, like how fast, and then how much you're retaining it. So I think knowing all of those factors is important. And heavy metals is a bigger issue than most people realize. Yep. You know, like we talked about mercury. I didn't think mercury was a problem for me because I never had mercury fillings. So I thought I was in the clear, but... My parents, so our mom and dad, they had mercury fillings. They had them out right before I was conceived, but I'm sure they still have mercury in their bodies in the mid 80s. And I ate a lot of tuna fish as a kid. So who knew? My mercury was off the charts. Yeah. Off the charts. Yeah. And then I, sorry, I'll let Lauren jump in too. I think just like in general, the other toxins like mold, it's a bigger issue than people realize. You can look around your house and be like, oh, I have no mold, but you, you could. You definitely could. Um, and then the final one I want to say is the Epstein-Barr virus. I mean, viruses in general, anytime your body or your immune system is trying to fight something like a virus, you're going to be in a more sympathetic state. And when you're in a sympathetic state, you can't heal. You have higher cortisol. You have higher inflammation. So getting to the root of that, if a virus is an issue for you, if you've ever had mono, definitely worth looking into that because uh, that was a big issue for me, the Epstein-Barr virus. Well said. So important. So what about you, Lauren? What would you add there? Well, I live in New York City, one of the most toxic cities in the world. So I think it's just, you know, I acknowledge that burden. I, I choose to be here. So I try to be really 
clear and clean with my water intake and air quality. And I think if anyone should be biohacking, it's like all New Yorkers because not only do we have more PM 2.5 in the atmosphere, which is a shuttle bus for viruses into the body, um, probably why New York had such a explosion, but you know, there's mold everywhere. You may not see it or feel it, but it, you're breathing it outside, you're breathing it inside. So like cleaning your water, your shower water, your whatever water you're drinking at home. I think people are so obsessed with the BPA and the plastics, but like plastics already in the water. It's everywhere. It's in our bodies. It's in the food that we're eating. So just getting the cleanest sources of any inputs that you're putting into your mouth, onto your skin, like Renee said, with the beauty products, the water that you're showering with. I mean, I'm exposed to it all day long. And then making sure that we can excrete it because I can't stop the toxins from coming in. So making sure that, you know, I'm doing all the gross things like the sweating, the peeing, the pooping, like yeah. making sure everything is coming out because we have a mechanism to excrete, to push out. And if you're not detoxifying and that's just being upcycled back into the body, I can really create that toxic burden. You know, I'd be lying to say like, all my biohacking is stopping the toxicity. Like I, I'm in New York, it's never gonna stop. So just the clean water is really important to me. I, I have a Berkey filter. God, I had so many thoughts that were flooding my brain when Renee was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really obsessed with looking at respiratory rate these days. Uh, my respiratory rate tends to be just a little bit higher. And Renee and I have some theories about that being from our ballet days of just sucking in and not having proper breathing patterns. But I think a component of it is probably the molds and the toxins in the air in New York City. So I actually did a test with my dad, who's a biological dentist, to see everything that's happening in my nasal passage, my cervical spine, my um, TMJ. And I saw like I do have some inflammation in my turbinate. So I'm biohacking some things using like ion sinus spray to get yeah. the proper microbes up in my passages, but also working on the breathing techniques, like making sure I'm getting the parasympathetic response. I mean, there's just so many things happening. But I think it's just really important to acknowledge that we can't avoid the toxins. We can hopefully slow down the process, but making sure that you're excreting is going to be insanely useful. Well said, you two. So so true. We can't avoid the toxins. We live in the most toxic world ever. And unless you're living in the middle of the woods, uh, that's not really realistic. So opening up de downstream detox pathways. I love the ion nasal spray. I use it as well. I also put it in my ears, by the way. I do four pumps in my ears and then four pumps each nostril before bed. Yeah. Do you have to tilt to the side for? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it'll, it'll leak out. Yeah. So I've been using that. To and I also drink it throughout the day, give it to my dog. Uh, it's such a great, great product. I want to acknowledge you two for being just badasses. I mean, if you will, <laughs> just getting the information out there in such a, such a great way. I want to encourage my audience to go check you out on your podcast, the Biohackers uh, Babes podcast, but also where else can they go check you out? Give uh, Lauren, give your social media and then Renee do the same. It's my full name, Lauren underscore Sambatero is Instagram and our Biohacker Babes is the same as the underscore in between the two. Yeah, and my name is just Renee Bells, no underscore, just all one word. On Instagram. We'll put both of that down below. And your website? Thebiohackerbabes.com. Thebiohackerbabes.com. You also have a YouTube channel. We'll put that down below as well. I want to thank you both for coming on the show and educating and just the good vibes and all the good things you're doing out there. I love it. A lot of synchronicity here, and I can't wait to do more collaborations with both of you. So thank you both. Us as yeah. well. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that episode with Lauren and Renee. I told you they are so much fun. Their personality is terrific, and we give you a lot of biohacking tools. So now it's your job to go take action. Go subscribe to their podcast, the Biohacker Babes podcast, where they actually recently interviewed me, and that episode will probably be out very, very soon. We'll drop a link for their podcast in the podcast notes. Share this episode with a friend text it to somebody, post it on your social media, and go give them a follow on social media. I'll put their links and resources down below in the show notes. If you haven't left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please do so right now as it really does help the show grow. Just a final reminder here, one spot left for my 90-day detox program that is launching tomorrow. If you want to be on that call and get all the supplements and learn true cellular detox from myself, Dr. Daniel Pompa, Dr. Mindy Peltz, and other detox specialists. We have one spot left. Head to ketocampdetox.com. Camp is spelled with a K. Ketocampdetox.com. We will also drop a link in the notes down below. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.